Today on Locked On Canadians, we catch up with what's going on with some Habs prospects. We talk about the All-Star game and ways to improve it and Gary Bettman's threat to move the NHL draft. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 547 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Laura Saba. You might know me as the Active Sick, and I'm joined as always by Scott Matla, who will be carrying the first segment of the show because while the Canadians were off and there was an all star break, Scott was keeping on top of what all the prospects were doing throughout this week. Scott, how are you doing on this fine Sunday evening? Well, if by I kept on top of how all the prospects are doing, uh, I looked at Matt Drake's feed of all the goal (laughs) gifts and things that he made in the five minutes before this show. I did watch the AHL and I did pay some attention to the ECHL uh, during the week where we were Canadians free or as Canadians free as we could get. uh, And... Honestly, could be worse, could be better, but definitely could be much worse than the way things went in prospect land this week. And if you uh, if you all want to follow Matt Drake on Twitter, he's a great follow. He's DrakeMT on Twitter. And uh, he has also been staying on top of Shane Wright and what he's been up to, given that the Canadians are heading like straight towards that number one overall pick or very close to it. So... Uh, Scott, there were a couple of standouts. I mean, do you want to really quickly go over how many more injuries there are in Laval, or do we want to not bum our, our listeners and viewers out? All right. So they <laughs> got people back. Lucas Videmo and Sammy Niku were sent down. Sammy Niku should be joining the team this week. Uh, the Canadians gave him permission to kind of relax until after the All-Star break. And then he is expected to report to the Rocket this week. They welcome the Crunch for a three-game series starting on Wednesday. The Rocket, however, played two games against Utica. They went 1-0-1. They lost in overtime. But in the span of those three games, they lost Videmo to injury, lost Alex Belzeal to injury, and lost Jean-Sebastian D to injury. And as Jean-Francois Houle put it in his press conference after uh, Saturday's blowout loss to the Belleville Senators, he does not have a very strong idea of when they will be back so the injury curse has moved from the canadians to the rocket and i think it is despite me personally because they were the one thing in montreal giving me joy this season so um but it went (laughs) one one and one this week with their third and fourth choice goaltenders an amalgamation of echl and pto guys And considering they got three out of four points against the top team in the AHL, the Utica Comets, it could be much worse. Uh, It's it's hard to be upset when they have so many games in hand, and hopefully there's uh, some good news for them this upcoming week against Syracuse. And I think that is one of the lone bright spots, but there are a couple of bright spots that you wanted to mention. For example, Jan Vizek is on fire, you said? Yes, he had a three-point game today uh, for the Hamilton Bulldogs. He uh, he had a really he completed an as Matt put it on Twitter an alley oop. Someone fed a saucer pass 
through the front of the cross, uh, in front of the net there, and Meshack was right there to swat it out of midair. It was a very nice-looking goal. And he's not the only one scoring fun goals in that game. Arbor Jack I uh, scored a shorthanded slap shot, and I'm going to look up a uh, a very quick tweet here because someone did the math on what uh, Jack I's numbers are going to look like if he played a full season this year. And he is on pace for 24 goals, 45 assists, 69 points. Nice. Nice. <laughs> 228 penalty minutes. That's some 1980s-ish hockey right there. And I'm not mad at it. I get that he should be producing as an overager, but I look at that and I go, well, okay. I'm here for I, it. I don't know what his ceiling is. He, I don't know what to make of him because he gets suspended for things a lot without a lot of clarity around why these things happen. He's physical, he's nasty, and he's got some offensive uh, bent to his game. So it's very hard for me to not be excited about uh, what he can do. Obviously, the Bulldogs are poised to make a very deep Memorial Cup run this year. So uh, I don't know how soon he'll be in Laval or possibly the NHL, depending on the Habs season. So it, I don't. It, time will tell on whether or not Mark Bergevin kind of uh, fumbled around with this entry level deal or not. But points wise, it's it's really hard to be disappointed with what he's doing here so far. I agree. It's one of the bright spots in the Canadian season, and I for me it was. I think you had the kind of the same thing too. He first showed up on the scene, kind of came out of nowhere, right? We didn't really know all that much about him. He was exciting in, in training camp. He was exciting, you know, when, or development camp. Um, and and then it was like, well, the Habs want to keep him around, but they're sending him down. He's obviously something like he's still kind of an unknown quantity. But at the very least, he's bringing some ex- excitement and energy to the prospect pool in my mind, um, which is which is super fun. But at the same time, I also think that now we're kind of we're in the middle of the season, the second half's coming up, and we're going to start turning our attention to the top 10 projected um, in the NHL reason, uh, in the NHL, sorry, in the NHL draft. I am kind of losing my mind here. Uh, I'm so excited about some things, and I'm, I'm trying really, really hard to temper my excitement because it seems to be like general consensus that Montreal being currently the worst team in the league and one of the worst teams in in history, really, uh, based on their stats, that they're going to get the number one overall pick. But we always know how these things work. Somebody else is going to swoop in and get that pick. But in the meantime, we want to talk a little bit about the All-Star game, some stuff that came out of it. We're going to do a three up and three down that's kind of based on the All-Star game in that we want to talk about how to make it better and more fun. Um, And we also want to talk about Gary Bettman's threat to move the 2022 NHL draft in July from Montreal to elsewhere. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, if you've listened to this podcast ever, you'll know we are huge fans of Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is 
high in protein. It is low in sugar. It's low in calorie. It's made with real chocolate and it is delicious. And we absolutely love Built Bar on this podcast. They have 18 delicious flavors. Those are just their regular flavors. They're always coming up with a special edition flavor. There's always something cool like a churro puff covered in chocolate. Uh, There's like, you know, lemon cheesecake covered in chocolate. These are so, so good. What they do is they will give you the energy you need, whether it's before a workout, whether if you're like me and you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like eating anything, but you want to get that energy. You want to keep yourself satiated. And Built Bar is the perfect thing for that. So if you want to try these bars that are truly delicious, high in protein, low in calorie, made with real chocolate and low in sugar, go to Built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's Built.com, LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. And before we get into our three up, three down, we want to remind you that it is Super Week brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in LA all week covering the big game. And see, Scott, you and I, we wanted to be in Montreal. I mean, I'm already in Montreal, but you wanted to be in Montreal. We wanted to be on site covering the big NHL draft. But in our three up, three down, we're going to start with our three down. And a big down right now is Gary Bettman and his posturing and what I feel are empty threats. <laughs> I, I, I have a comment for if it pleases the court. Uh, I want, I want, I'm speaking directly to you, Gary Bettman, bring it in, Gare Bear. I, I want to talk here uh, person to person. If you move this draft on me again... I'm going to scream like a baby goat outside the NHL office until you give me what I want. <laughs> I have been planning for smoked meat and mapule and Dudecil and friends and bagels and habs and stuff for three years. And you're going to do this to me, <laughs> me personally. I get that there are other people that this is their thing and whatnot, but you're going to do this to me personally. I'm wondering what I have done to offend you, except for all those tweets where I have definitely been aiming to offend you. <laughs> I, it, I get it, like restrictions, and you don't want to lose money on it. But for the love of God, at, in the same press conference, he's like, ah, well, the Coyotes go into a 3,500-seat arena. They might start making money. Ha, ha, ha. I'm funny. Look at me, Mr. Funny Man. Stop it. Stop it, Gary Bettman. I am begging you to stop it. And this isn't even talking into the Rocky Words thing because if I do that, I'm going to pop a blood vessel and I don't feel like doing that on this show because that's it's Sunday night. No one has time for that. But oh my <laughs> God, please do not move this draft. I know that like everyone's fed up with the restrictions. I'm fed up with it. But guess what? People are still getting sick and that's important to notice. Like, it's not like they're doing this on purpose to spite you personally. So I'm all right. All right. I'm good. I'm all right. Okay. It's fine. fine. (laughs) Totally fine. Let let me, let me address, I guess, not Gary Bettman. Um, It's honestly, it was, it was, it's I want to say it wasn't just you, Scott. It was all of us. We were like, all right, there's restrictions. And right now in the provinces of Ontario and Quebec, Um, where two of the largest, most money-making teams for the NHL are. Uh, Gate revenue has been a big hot topic, especially in Canada, because that is where a lot of the money comes from. The players and their wives are fed up with restrictions. Uh, The owners are fed up not making money. 
the advertisers are probably fed up as well. The players are fed up with how much money they keep having to owe in escrow. And nobody likes this. But here's the thing. like We don't like restrictions either. But a government isn't going to listen to Gary Bettman. Like, this posturing is for no reason. Because at the end of the day, we all know what's going to happen. In the summer, cases are hopefully going to go down like they've been doing every year since the pandemic started. And the restrictions are going to slowly be lifted. Not only that, the both governments, Ontario government and the Quebec government, have expressed their desire to open everything up as soon as possible. They're just right now restricting... Which again, I'm I'm kind of torn on the restrictions because I do believe in vaccination and I do believe in masking, but I also believe that at this point, restricting these things has no point really. Um, the cases are not going to go down as much as we need better healthcare infrastructure. That's not the NHL's fault. That's not the Montreal Canadiens' fault. That is not the Toronto Maple Leafs' fault, and that's certainly not the Ottawa Senators' fault. However, um, the Ottawa Senators have been one of the Canadian teams that have expressed interest in going to the United States. And in, in my head, I'm like, well, who's going to go to your games in the United States then? It's, who's going I, to their games in Canada to begin with? I, there I, you I, go. I... <laughs> there you go. Anyway, so like, I do think that. You know, unless there's like another insanely dangerous variant that comes around, it all likelihood we're going to go back to the same thing we had last summer and the summer before, which is modified restrictions. But restaurants are open. You can go enjoy. You know, the Bell Center was open. You could go to games. I went to a game like literally in November, a couple of weeks before Omicron came in and the entire arena was full, even though the team isn't that great. And I didn't feel unsafe at all. Everybody was wearing masks. You know, the they were everybody was being do, like diligent. Um, you know, the staff have, were really careful about making sure everybody, you know, either stayed distanced or didn't go where they weren't supposed to or didn't congregate or crowd places and kept their masks on. And that was with zero restrictions, right? Like they had lifted all capacity limits in Quebec. I think that it's not unreasonable to expect that something like that is going to happen unless there's like some sort of crazy thing. But I also do think that in Canada, like there's a little bit more hesitation to lift the restrictions quickly. I don't think anybody likes that. Nobody likes lockdowns. I don't like lockdowns. Nobody likes having to stay at home. Nobody likes not being able to go do the things that are fun, you know, but I'd be willing to, for example, present a vax port and a, and a mask to go and do fun things, which is exactly what I did. I went to a bunch of games in the fall, you know, going to restaurants and things like that. I think modified restrictions are fine. It's just the problem is right now they're blanket restrictions, the capacity limit of like 500 in the arena in Ontario, for example, uh, all of that kind of stuff. I think that at this point, you've promised the city this this and, and this team, this event, and everything that you've been doing for the last two years and everything Montreal's been doing for the last two years is in preparation for a draft and in preparation for the necessity possibly of safety restrictions, whether it's like showing a vaccine passport to get into the country or a PCR test to get into the country or masking at the Bell Center or masking at whatever. Like, I think that there's a reasonable expectation that this is going to go on. And a lot of businesses, a lot of a lot of families, like hockey families of kids that are expected to get drafted, right? Like they're doing everything they can to get to Montreal this summer, right? And so you can't change that at the last minute. And you can't threaten to change that at the last minute. And the worst part is neither the Ontario government nor the Quebec government is going to look at this and say, 
thanks, Gary Bettman, I feel threatened and I'm going to do what you want. Instead, it's just an invitation for them to posture even harder and be even more threatening with the NHL. This is all going to turn into a whole thing. I don't think we're going to lose the draft. I do think that unless there's some sort of extremely dangerous new variant that goes around that's vaccine resistant or whatever, I, I really don't think there's going to be a change. I think this summer we're going to be able to have the draft. We're going to be, we might have to show a vaxport. We might have to show, we might have to wear masks, but I think that's going to be the extent of it. I really highly doubt that there's going to be capacity limits, especially given how many businesses, how many hotels, how many restaurants, how much tourism and how much, um, how, how much hospitality business is depending on this. It's not going to make the NHL look good. I think what they want with this posturing is they just want the restrictions removed earlier so that people can fill the arenas earlier. And, you know, the Habs can start making that concession money that, that nets them, I don't know how many million a game. And the, the, the Leafs can sell tickets and that nets them how many million a game. I mean, it's no secret that these are two of the teams that make the most money along with the New York Rangers. I mean, and, and so when you're saying translation, I want Montreal and Toronto to keep supporting this league yeah, that's exactly what Gary Bettman wants. I really don't think that there's any threat of the draft being moved. And if if they do move it, I will be very upset because I've been looking forward to this for so long. And we want to do like draft event coverage on this podcast. And we're so excited and we want to meet people. We want to meet like our friends and listeners who are in town. And that's not going to happen if there's no draft. And I really do think and hope that it's posturing. Anyway, I went off on a soapbox. So that was our first down. <laughs> We've got two more downs and three ups coming in our next segment. I talked so much. I ranted so much. And so did Scott that we like basically ran out of time in this segment. But uh, we are going to finish our we're going to talk about how to improve the All-Star game and some positives or some fun things that we saw in the All-Star game. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, remember, BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game literally at the end of this week. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we wanted to do three up and three down and base it around the all-star game. Gary Bettman was a huge down that we spent an entire segment talking about this. Uh, and I really do believe in my heart that we're going to keep the draft, but let's talk about a couple of other downs and sort of frame it in a positive way. And that how would we improve the all-star game and all-star weekend? Uh, I'd make it mean something that that's the biggest thing. Like the pro bowl doesn't mean anything. The NHL all-star game doesn't mean anything. The MLB All-Star Game means something, and at least that's why there's effort put into it when the players are playing. Like, pitchers aren't going full gas unless you're Pedro Martinez, but that's because Pedro Martinez is, you know, Pedro. That's what he does. Make it mean something. Go back to Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, and the winning side gets home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup playoffs. In the final, that's how it should, that's what it should be. Make it mean literally anything to people there when there's no stakes no one wants to play and you've got players there uh, if you put something you know on a platter for it 
they're going to at least try a little bit more. I'm not saying that you need to treat it like game seven of the playoffs, but you're not going to get guys just kind of, you know, skating like they're a chinny. And I think adding an actual risk to it is, or a reward to it, I should say, besides the car and whatnot, I think is the way to, is the way to do that. I agree. And I think we talked a little bit about this in our preview for the All-Star Game last week, but I I really liked the Vegas-specific events that they had. Um, I do think that they didn't kind of present it in a dramatic, in as dramatic a fashion as I would have liked. Um, and I think part of it is kind of compounded by the fact that the players are kind of boring. There was no real chirping. There was no real, there was no real uh, competitive, any kind of conversation there. Uh, I do think that, you know, you can't kind of blame it all on the fact that the the players are not that interesting, but the skills, like for me, the skills competition is one of the most fun things. It felt a little bit like it was dragging and it felt a little bit anticlimactic. So I feel like drama surrounding that, but that Trevor, oh, we we haven't done the up yet. (laughs) Um, So that's another one of my downs. And then for me, um, that manufactured outcome where uh, Marcheseau won the uh, breakaway competition. Um, Petrangelo because, did. Sorry, Petrangelo. Because John Ham gave or Ham. Oh right, Hamm. John Ham. Yes. They yes, they, sorry. they counted his nineteen as an official score for some exactly. reason. It was well. It was it was very much like they wanted the hometown guy to win, right? Obviously, and there's the connection with St. Louis, right? So like John Ham's there playing the villain, but I, I really did not like that. I think that you have to reward the most creative one, and you have to. There has to be an actual reward, whether it's the car or whatever it is. I think I think that was really cool, and I especially like Trevor Zegers' breakaway. Um, and um, unfortunately. Um, was it Jack Hughes that, that ended up getting COVID and possibly, I hope he didn't give it to like mini Jack Hughes. <laughs> yeah. Like here's the thing. And we're just going to go right into the ups from here because I've, I've been waiting to talk about this because I missed this live and I watched the replay. Trevor Zegras's goal in that challenge was done in one take. He didn't have a chance to practice that beforehand. He did that in one take and didn't win what are we doing here if the sanctity of not real judging is in question? What? What? <laughs> like the actual most creative goal we've seen in a long time since like Corey Perry, you know, threw away his regular stick and brought out the mini stick or like PK Subban, I think did it and he split a puck in half during it to score. It's like, what? Come on. Like, <laughs> come on, man. You know, like everyone could have tried to do the Michigan. Like he was blindfolded and spun around and did stuff that is inhuman because Trevor Zegris is, is not. A he is not the same as you and I. We are not on the same plane of humanity as that <laughs> play, as that man. And he is a child in this league, and he's going to get better. Like, oh my god, it. I should see that highlight everywhere. I should see that Michigan highlight everywhere. Promote that. Make players be ridiculous. Like, bring props. Light everything on fire. I, sorry, Julian. I know. But they, they <laughs> let him do it in the KHL. They let Lena Somark light his stick on fire. And they wouldn't let Johnny Gaudreau do it because the NHL is boring. Let them be exciting. Trevor Zegers is already one of my ups. That was super dope. And, like... 
I don't usually say that about like skills contests. I don't mean anything, but dude, it was yeah. so cool. That is unbelievable level of talent. It's it's literally ridiculous. And I do like though that they found a way to sneak him into the All Star Weekend anyway, even though he wasn't one of the official All Star participants. I like that they know what they've got and then they're marketing him. Um, and that's something that is really, really cool to me. But um, I do think that there needs to be more of that. And and one of those things is, is exactly like you said, like that has to mean something. It's a way for people to have fun. I don't know, a donation to his favorite charity, something like that, you know? Um, so, so that was one. Uh, uh, and Scott, did you have any other ideas for the All-Star game? Um, other than I, I make mean... the players more interesting? <laughs> Update the music. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Machine Gun Kelly is both the most recent act they've ever had and also somehow so far away from what fans actually want that, like, I'd rather just either if you're going to have a musical performance, you know, have someone that, you know, is obscenely popular, like, actually shell out the money for it or just don't have something and just have, you know, something else in there like interesting or whatnot like if you can't find a good artist then whatever who cares like it's because it's one of the number one complaints like when green day said the f word a whole bunch like what did you guys expect you you booked green day like that's (laughs) that's gonna happen yeah i i like that they were trying to be more you know a little bit less 10 years ago and a little bit more two months ago. I do like that. Uh, But I I definitely feel like there, there there's some aspects of it that can be a little bit more compelling, a little bit more exciting, but I, you know what? I enjoyed it though. Like I I watched the entire skills competition on Friday night uh, live and I watched parts of the all-star game uh, on, on Saturday and I did enjoy it. It it is, I, I do think it's a good showcase and yes, it's like, it's an event to attract new fans. It's an event for kids and all of that. But as an adult, as somebody who's been watching hockey for a really long time and especially bad hockey for the last couple of years, for the most part, watching that was amazing. And I think, um, maybe we'll talk about a little bit in the coming weeks about Claude Giroux and, uh, the fact that, uh, his contract is almost up and everybody expects him to be traded. And, um, and whether or not he could be part, not of the trade deadline, but potentially in the off season, he could be a part of coming to Montreal and becoming a veteran presence. Uh, and every single journalist and fan who talked about how Montreal did not draft Giroux um, can finally have their wish. Instead of, you know, we never got Vinny to come to Montreal, they can have the thing happen with Claude Giroux. But um All of that to say is that this week, the Canadians are back in action. We'll be back tomorrow with a preview of the next few games that they have. Also, don't forget, or don't forget, I'm telling you for the first time, that Scott (laughs) is going to be on Game Over with Andrew Berkshire after the Devils game on Tuesday night. Uh, So you want to make sure you catch that. But in the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get get your podcast. But also on YouTube, (laughs) please, because we're trying to get to 500 on by March 1st at uh, 11:59 Eastern because we want me to eat something disgusting and not Scott to eat something and or drink something disgusting like he has twice now that the videos are already on YouTube or you're going to put them on YouTube. I'm working on I got to do a little video editing. I uh my Saturday off was spent less video editing, more watching Ant-Man and the Wasp with a puppy <laughs> on the couch. So, I don't think anyone's going to fault me for that. 
No, I don't think so. It's the first day off, full day off you've had in a very long time. But yes, yes so those videos are coming. <laughs> You'll get to see Scott consume a land, air, and sea, air, land, and sea. Land, sea, and air, which... Land, sea, and air burger from McDonald's. And also <sighs> um, there's a previously existing a clip of him chugging a flaming hot Mountain Dew. And so if you want to subject me to something disgusting like that, please subscribe on YouTube and tell your friends because we're trying to get to 500 by March 1st. And we're so grateful to everybody who's already subscribed. In the meantime, like we said, check us out anywhere you get your podcast. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave us a good review, comment. We're really enjoying the comments as well on the YouTube uh, videos. And in the meantime, if you liked this podcast, please check out Locked on Bets, where they have been absolutely killing it lately. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.